Hello and welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. This week we're playing The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Baron Munchausen is a game about fantastical storytelling. It's the perfect game to introduce people to RPGs. Players take on roles as larger-than-life noble characters in the somewhere around 1700s and tell stories about their past exploits. Each player has a purse of coins that they can use to trip each other up by interrupting and adding a new story element or contesting something that was said. The player whose turn it is may take on the new element and the coin or reject it and pay a coin of their own. We had no idea what to expect when we started playing and had literally no plan whatsoever. Suffice to say, we're quite happy with the absurdity that came about from it. I would also like to give my personal humble apology to the French, the Scottish, and the Irish. I promise that none of your countrymen were harmed in the making of this episode. In other news, Don't Forget Your Towel will be involved in a 24-hour Extra Life charity stream on the 20th of November at 9pm GMT and 3pm Central Time. Extra Life is a grassroots movement rallying gamers from across the world to help kids treated at children's hospitals in the US and Canada. It's a really good cause that we're genuinely delighted to be a part of. We'll be joined by some incredible artists, podcasters, game designers and just all-around wonderful people. We've got a wide range of things planned for the day as well, ranging from RPGs, games, showcases, and some sleep-deprived shenanigans. So by all means, feel free to join us. Even a dollar goes a long way, so if you have a spare dollar lying around, please consider donating. The link to donate is in the description. Finally, the audio quality of this episode isn't as great as we would like it to be. We're not really sure what happened, but somewhere in the recording or editing process, the audio seems to have gone through some... uh, odd changes. We did our best to fix it, but you may occasionally hear it bugging out. However, despite the reduced audio quality, we really hope you enjoyed the episode. It our strength, our wit, our craft. From Faerun to Arkham to Mars. We'll take the quest, make foes and friends. Hello and welcome listeners to Don't Forget Your Towel. Just to give you context of how this episode's going, we tried to start three times and one of our players is lying down on the ground at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So we all know this is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) Today we'll be playing the... Ooh, what are we playing? Extraordinary something adventures? The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen, an RPG. Yes, because this is an RPG podcast. (laughs) I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Wait, this is an RPG? I, you're one of the co-creators. I, love- and yes, <laughs> fact that, I know. So raisins, prunes, and grapes? Many grapes, though. They're the, um, many, many. Okay, guys, I, I thought this was about avocados. I feel wildly <laughs> unprepared. No, no, you're, you're, you know, we're wrong. You're right. It's all about avocados. Let's just give up our livelihood for avocados. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, if... <laughs> Look, why can't, why can't we just live in a world where avocados and grapes can live side by side in equal proportions? You, you know, know what? Yeah. Stop being an idealist, Jess. It's <laughs> never, never going to happen. It's never, never. going to happen. I understand that some of us are completely new to RPGs. Uh, Jess, do you want to... Have you ever played an RPG oh, before? Oh, like, yeah. newbie starting. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Jess Hong. I'm really new to RPGs. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons with another group for like a few months. So that's my only introduction to RPGs. So everything, when you like explain rules of things, 
Uh, it takes me extra effort to follow along, but I'm excited and I've enjoyed the little tastes that I've had so far. Um, I'm an actor, mainly. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug, Jess? Um, actually, my iPhone needs a bit of charging. Um, ah, yes. Oh, yes. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can tell what kind of episode this is going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm shooting a web series soon, which will come out next year, and it's called Inked. It'll be on TVNZ on demand, I believe. Um, that's all. And also, uh, live your life. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, before we go to our next new individual. No, uh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have plugged the 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 podcast. Um, so oh, yeah, is right. it Dumplings and Dragons? It's yes. Dumplings and Dragons. Hashtag Dumplings and Dragons. We're on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Um, and it's a bunch of awesome Asian actors in Auckland uh, playing and having fun and talking about food a lot. Do you want to just say Dumplings and Dragons again? Because I'm pretty sure I was going, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the podcast, um, also, a live, uh, also a YouTube video, is Dumplings and Dragons. Asians represent. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you want to just to give you give give our listeners a context of what kind of games you're playing? Give us a give us an example, like a like a highlight of your D&D games. Oh, OK. Um, so recently in most of the games that we've been in most of our sessions, we've been like fairly not about to die. Like pretty safe. <laughs> like, we've only just arrived at level five, and we've been pretty good in our battles so far. But recently, we were given the option of like three caves, and then the party, led by Nick, decided to split up. And I was like, "No, we got to stay together and go into one cave to see what's inside." But no, we decided to split up. It's like and... rule one of D and D. Oh my god! I'm telling you, it's rule one of everything. Like, yeah, don't like, split the God damn it! We'd be much stronger if we had less people to help us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we did this. Um, Belazar goes off into one cave, invisible and alone, and then <laughs> the rest of us split off into the other two. No. Of course, there's one that's like chill, and then the other two have monsters. So. We come out of the cave screaming, the monsters are chasing us. Basically, it's the first time that we've ever been about to actually die. Ooh. And so it was really intense. I was like, <sighs> um, but that was the highlight for me because we were actually in a danger zone. And because of, we've already come so attached to our characters, it was like, oh my God, one of our party could actually die right now. And I didn't expect the emotional attachment. <laughs> oh. So that's been, it's not like a moment, but it's just like a quality of playing the game that I really enjoy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of danger zones, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was pretty safe, but now I'm not so sure. Why. It just seemed like a nice, what you know, a like a nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sh -sh 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 you know me, famous, famously dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've only known each other for like, what, half an hour and already, that's you true. know, just. Hey, we've met. We've met a few times. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I met you was only verbally because you were asleep. <laughs> Sounds I was like, like him. Hey, and you were like, hey. And oh, then yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Ha, ha, ha. This is all going in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. The blue hair will be longer than the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Sean, please. Introduce yourself. Okay. Um, 
Well, ah, yes, thank you for introducing yourself. And now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I'm very two-dimensional. No, sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, no, nah, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's putting I, me on the spot. I, I managed I... to keep it in, and then Jess just lost it, and I lost it right afterwards. <laughs> sorry. So, okay, so jump, jumping amongst it, uh, I'm, a, I'm a case manager uh, for the government. So don't trust me because you shouldn't trust the government. Um, I write sometimes and I act sometimes as well. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Have you played any role playing games before? No, I've uh, I've do- well I've done one round of Do. do? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's the only RPG I've ever played. Oh, exciting oh. times! Exciting times. Good game to start with. Yeah. 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 Don't have to worry about like which numbers add up with which numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, math's definitely not true. my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have one of the stars of our Call of Cthulhu episode, James. Oh, I thought you meant Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm James. Um, so this is not my first role playing <laughs> session. I've been doing this for a few years now. Um, I'm a librarian. And also, I am with Skybear Games, a two-person company, and we are getting very excited for all our stuff that we're preparing for Armageddon. Yes, so uh, we're going to be running drop-in D&D sessions, and because we are insane, we're not just going to be doing D&D sessions, but we're going to be offering a weekend-long campaign called The Siege of Medellano in which players can choose one of two sides to enlist for. They can earn points in various ways for their faction. Uh, People can earn points for their faction just by running up and swearing allegiance to either the bronze or the silver dragons. And uh, the adventures will be different on every day, and the outcomes of the uh, previous days will affect what happens going forward to find out uh, which of the two sides will take possession of the city. It's going to be very cool. Come along and give it a try. That sounds amazing. Awesome. And last but definitely not least, Erin. Hey, guys. It's Erin here. Um, you know me. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't uh, know you. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and writer. You can find me on Facebook at Erin Aflaherty, performer, writer. Awesome. And usually I would start off by saying something like, I'm your DM, Azul, but in this case, we're playing a DMless game. So everybody's a DM and everybody's a storyteller and everybody's that annoying, annoying interrupter. Um, <laughs> you'll soon understand what we mean. But without further ado, do we want to introduce our characters, my beloved players? Silence! Greetings and salutations, listeners. I now present. Myself, uh, I am a I am a woman of of great rapport and uh, stature. Uh, though I I be but little, uh, I am fierce. Uh, I am. You may call me. You may refer to me as <laughs> Dame Judy. Dench. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is going to be interesting. Okay, love it. Well, uh, originating from the plains of Spain, I am the Grand Duke Federico Palasco. Yeah. Some might call me. 
<laughs> Some might call me a round portly man, but I reckon that's just more hero to go around. I am a lover of fine wine, uh, an enemy of all oppressors, and uh, busy on Tuesdays, because that's a me day, you know? Sorry, did you say Spain? España, yeah, <laughs> yes. That's where I'm from. Oh, yeah. I, I see that you know I could I could have I could have gotten that from your voice. Are you, you know? calling like, me a liar, friend? No, no, of course not. Um, 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 I I'm forgot sure your name. Very interesting story behind <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> Federico Palasco. Oh, Federico Palasco. Yes. Um, I, I do not doubt your word, friend. No, not at all. Appreciate it. <laughs> a Polish surname. <laughs> <laughs> Play my cast quite close to my chest. <laughs> I am Sir Percy Phipsworth, the world's greatest balloonist of the Cotswold Phipsworths. Yeah. Mayhap you have heard of my exploits. I have voyaged in my hot air balloon all around the world to such heights as the Himalaya Mountains, to the Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa, to the Rocky Mountains in America, to the summit of the world, and maybe even to the moon itself. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Hello. Good morning to you. My name is Countess Georgina from Phileas II. I'm from a, a long line of uh, exquisite uh, artists and art dealers. And I myself am an incredible painter of landscapes. I am able to look at any landscape but once and render it perfectly on the canvas oh. that's right yes my abilities are are well renowned yes i i've had many suitors before i uh, met my wonderful husband count george from Phileas. yes <laughs> amazing um Good morning, my friends. Yeah. Yes, this is what my what I sound like. <laughs> so kiwi, just <laughs> just gravelly. My name is Baron Baron Baronet Barista Bubble Balloon the Third of the Seventy Second Battalion of Grey Earl Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> you may call me Bubble. Bubble. Or Seventy Second. I I get both often, and honestly, I I couldn't tell the difference between the two, to be honest. Well, they're different words. Are they? Yeah. I don't think they are. They sound the same to me, and they spell the same, so clearly they must be the same word. You know what? You know your, your name. I do, me. I do. Yes, indeed. And some call me the best, and this is the most, the best in the universe for naming battalions. Yes, I can name <laughs> any battalions. In fact, I've named 373 so far. Yes. Name two of them. Battalion one. <laughs> and... And the second battalion. Oh! <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. Well, truly you are an expert, for many people would have thought it would be battalion two. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's This is why I am the most renowned of battalion naming battalions. Oh, yes. Keep them on their toes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, surprise them, as they say. You must know your battalion before you know your en enemy. Well, the key to any battle is the element of surprise, after all. Aye, that is true. Yes, when they hear your call out, battalion one, 
they won't be expecting the second battalion. <laughs> 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 I know, Just throw the whole thing into disarray. <laughs> See and send up Scotland for the hills. I've seen, I've seen my uh, fair many uh, enemy battalions run away when I call the name of the second battalion. I remember once I was in battle against you, and I, <laughs> I saw the first battalion coming over the. I saw battalion one coming over the hill, and then I heard calling out from <laughs> from the distance, the second battalion, and I knew all was lost. Oh yes, uh, we we do like. I'm glad to see you here, alive and well. But we do like to strike fear into our opponents. That second battalion, you know. Oh, to this day I'm quaking in my boots. Oh yes, yes. And, and let us not even begin with Battalion the Third. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> the Third. Yes, you, you are you are wise to to run. What reckless naming practices! They can only hide a, a truly fearsome enemy. Especially because Battalion the Third was made up of completely and solely babies. <laughs> It was a battalion of babies, my friends. Battalion the third <laughs> struck fear through their crying. Ah. Uh. Still, sometimes in the night, I wake up in a cold sweat, screaming out, and my my beautiful partner turns to me and and they say, "Federico, what's wrong?" And I say, "The babies, my dear. The babies. They scream at me still. They scream as my dreams." But enough about me, my fellow noble men and women. What are your special traits? Why are you here in this special gathering of nobility? I shall hark back to someone's mentioning of keeping on your toes. Myself, I am known for having the world's most flexible toes. And with these toes, I may, perchance, pick up items... With them, I can indeed climb a wall with my toes only. I can garden with my toes. Such wonder. Such. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, some have said that I am the most mysterious man in the world, but I say... Am I? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, friends, well, we all gathered here at this lovely tavern. Well, if, if you ask me, I've, I've been to better places, but yes, yes. Why am I here? I, I don't know. Why are you here? <laughs> you brought me here. You're my caregiver. Uh, oh, well, well, I suppose you could call me that. Um, I, I do pop around your 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 abode sometimes. Uh, you pop around, you clean my long, slender toes. Uh, well, you carry uh, me no, places, Countess. Um, no, that's... Um, <laughs> Countess Georgina. That's not me. I, I would never clean toes. No, no. I, I simply study study them for, for artistic merit. Of course. There's yes. no shame in the care of others, Countess. Let us keep your personal things to yourself, though. Yes, yes. I forgot that it was uh, just between surely us. Surely you have yes. servants for that sort of thing. What? Yeah, servants, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Lower classes, the working class, the hoi polloi. We have a special relationship. Uh, no, exactly, Knows exactly. There's no bounds of <clears throat> class or... Um, or toes, I see. Or toes. Um, <clears throat> Countess Georgina, why did you call us here? 
Yes. Well, uh, I rather thought that we, we could have a jolly catch-up as, as, as good friends and, and share the, the many regales of, of our times together and apart. Who is this strange Spaniard sitting across from me? <laughs> Why is he ginger? <laughs> <laughs> that, like many other things, I will keep to myself, I'm afraid. I don't like But him. rest assured, Judy, I am, but I am a friend to all. Mm. I am the Grand Duke Federico Palasco, after all. Mm. I can vouch for Federico Palasco, the Grand Duke. In fact, he was my friend even as we battled in bloody battle. As babies. Was I? Well, <laughs> <laughs> one would like to think, Grand Duke, considering our very lengthy and personalized history. That is, uh, that is very true, after all. Yes, indeed. We have shared many an adventure, brother. Of course. I mean, we did meet in battle as children of the, uh, <laughs> Battalion the Third, yes. <laughs> I thought it was the Third Battalion. No, it was, no, it was Battalion the Third. third. Do uh, not question my naming since I am, after it, all. This is his personal talent. There is no man alive who is so astute in the naming of battalions as he. Thank you, Sir Percy Fitzworth. I have... Uh, <laughs> just so, yes. I have heard of your exploits in naming battalions, just as I have heard of yours, Grand Duke Frederico. For when I was last amongst the men who dwell upon the clouds, they had many a story to tell of you. They're a shifty bunch, those cloud livers. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Baron Bobble. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, uh, I, I quite remember that uh, that uh, that one occasion... Where, where you you named uh, one of one of your battalions so specifically such such a very very specific and and very exquisite name uh, uh, so much so that they they struck fear I into the hearts of all who laid eyes on them and and uh, and all their enemies turned to stone on sight yes would you would you recount that story for us yes do do ah yes. Of course, as you have mentioned so graciously, Countess Georgina, that happened. <laughs> in fact, the story is much more glorious than you can ever imagine. There I was in the battlefield upon the placing my the sole of my foot upon my defeated bastard enemies. And there... uh, which battlefield was this, pray tell? Which, who, who were the enemies? Ah, yes, the Scottish. That was it. The Scottish. <laughs> Those bastards, Scottish. Pretending to be Irish and still being Scottish. I'm so sorry for any <laughs> Scottish listeners out there. Or Irish, for that or matter. Irish. <laughs> Um, I was just, uh, we had just completely annihilated the battlefield of any Scottish. And at that point in time, it occurred to me that we had lost our, um, our fourth battalion. Not that, not the name of the battalion, but certainly at the time, it was the extra battalion, the fourth battalion, you see. And of course, as I went about looking for some inspiration, I saw right there in front of the dead bodies, a creature beyond compare. It was a Scottish human being. Why, I've never laid eyes on one. I know, it, it was beyond... <laughs> Terrible creatures, the lot of them. But surely, 
you had seen many such beings and you'd just defeated many of them in battle. So it ah. can't have been that terrible, can it? Oh, surely what you saw was in fact one of their highland haggises, wild hairy beasts. Yes, and indeed, that is what they're called. They're uh, the common name, at least. See, the Scottish that we fought were not human beings or the Highland Haggises, as they call them. They were merely Scottish... Uh, Scottish. They were just the Scottish. <laughs> Fighting the Scottish is no mere feat, but it is definitely a feat that I, the great Baron Bubble, may commit, and with much ease, but... Fighting a Scottish human being, my dear Sir Percy Phippsworth, or a Scottish hag something that you mentioned. Oh no, these are creatures that should not be trifled with. And in fact, we fought for three days and 21 nights. And on that 22nd night, my dear friends, on that 22nd night is when... In, on his deathbed as he lay dying yes I defeated this Scottish human being despite having no friends on my battlefield for they were all dead on that battlefield on that moment in his deathbed he whispered to me wise Scottish words perhaps the most wisest of Scottish words he said that battalion was too long and that in fact my next battalion should be named Bat Five and that is why, my dear friends, my 5th Battalion is known as the Great Scottish Highlanders, or more commonly as Bat Five. But correct me if I'm wrong here, my good Baron Bubble, but I was there in those battles, and I heard pray tell of rumours that that wasn't what they said to you. What I had heard is that what they told you was the name of the traitor. Is that right, Grand Duke? Frederico Velasco, <laughs> or was it true that you were hiding behind the bushes right there and did not participate in the battle with me? No. I do say, my good man. <laughs> <laughs> How could you say such an accusation against me, Frederico Velasco, the brave Spanish duke? <laughs> I never ran away from no battle in my life. And listen to my voice. You can tell me, a proud Spaniard, <laughs> that I would never tell a lie. I fought in that battle, and I saw you running away. Grand Duke, I should tell you that you are no mere Duke. You are the Grand Duke, Frederico Pelasco, and my friend. And therefore, you saw the truth, Grand Duke. In fact, let me tell you why I was running away. It turns out that Scottish human beings, more commonly known as Scottish hagamuffins... Haggises, Haggises, yes. Their one true weakness, their one true fear, is when their opponents run away. <laughs> <laughs> that is why we fought for 21 nights and not 21 days, my friend, for we spent the days running away. <laughs> Truly through the courage upon within me to run away from that opponent was the reason why I finally bested him, because he could not run away, for he was afraid of running away. 
And yes, in fact, forgive me for I confused you for Duke Palasco Federico, not the same as yourself. Duke Fred Palasco Federico was the one who ran away without any consideration to the battle, yes. I, the cowardly bastard. Yes, indeed. But speaking of such grand running aways, Grand Duke, tell me, I heard the tale from you, uh, of you at least, in the great Egyptian tombs that I visited last Friday. <laughs> they speak of a great Grand Duke befriending a greater, some would say, pyramid, snake, mummy. <laughs> tell us the grand story of this pyramid, snake, mummy. I. <laughs> well, you see, it all began in Paris. Although, as it's the 1700s... I know, Paris was around the 1700s. At any rate, I was talking with my old pal, Sergio Malsini. <laughs> ah, yes, a strong French name. Yes, yes. <laughs> Proud Frenchman through and through, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> And he told me of an immense treasure down uh, just south of Cairo, about 15 minutes uh, by horse. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said to him, Sergio, why, why has nobody uh, gone and found this treasure previously? And so he said to me, Federico, it is guarded by an enormous snake, uh, the size of the Grand Pyramids and also shape-wise. It has great trouble moving about, but due to its large size and ferocity, it's very formidable. So no one has ever dared go to retrieve this treasure. So naturally me, being uh, the bravest Spaniard that ever there was, or am I, I made my way down to Cairo with nothing but a sword and a noble steed in hand. I was very hungry. It's a long journey. I brought no food. You, you took the steed in your hand the whole way. Yes, well, that's another reason I got so hungry, because it's a very heavy creature, and it burns a lot of calories carrying it such a distance. I ended up having to eat the steed before we got there. <laughs> Pardon me, Grand Duke, if I may interrupt. In my travels, I've never seen a Frenchman that is bold or brave enough to be able to recommend a travel destination of high repute. Pray tell what kind of man you met that you call this brave Frenchman. I even forget his name. Sergio. Sergio sounds That's like a, a coward's name. That's a very harsh name. thing to say about French people. <laughs> <laughs> I, must, I must say, Bobble, you're, you're, you're really skirting a lot of lines with different European nations today. Don't worry, listeners. By the end of the episode, all nationalities will be disparaged. But at any rate, you have caught me out there. As you see, I am the world's most mysterious man. I was trying to pull the wool over your eyes there. Ah, <gasps> of course. It was, in fact, not a Frenchman named Sergio, but an Italian named Pierre. <laughs> I never doubted your schemes. A beautiful man. A decent man. I am sad to say, a former lover. That's why I didn't want to... I didn't want to bring it up. Because you, knowing me so well, which is hard because I try to be mysterious, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to let you know that I'd been back in contact with Pierre. I am weak, and I fell back into his arms the moment he told me there was treasure. Ah, Grand Duke, to maintain your mystery, but did you? D did I what, sorry? Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> this is why we're such good friends, Baron Bobble. I've got your back, dude. You got me. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> and they did fist bump <laughs> and this was good <laughs> but at any rate so I've eaten my horse I've left Pierre behind me and I'm on my way to Cairo and so as I no longer had my horse it went from about 15 minutes to a good hour and a half but I got down there and sure enough great bloody snake size of a pyramid so you know pretty big pretty large um, a bleeding snake a bleeding snake, yes, it was bleeding, bloody actually. snake. You see, lots of people had tried to get past it, but it merely lifted up one of its four corners and smacked them on the ground. Oh, oh dear. A terrible sight. Bones for days. Bones as far <laughs> as the eye can see. But me, I had my trusty sword. But what none of the others had realised is that the snake really just wanted a friend. Oh. It just Aww. wanted someone to hear it out, you know? It had been through a very rough time of it lately. It had just lost its job. You know, it's, uh, it felt that its children had grown very oh, distant from it. What was this, pray tell? Oh, the snake. Ah, oh, well, see, it was a very, very proud beast. Very proud of its work. The, it used to work in accounting. It had its own firm. <laughs> but did you not say that it was the guardian of the tombs and this great treasure? Oh. Mm. Ah, you see, you are correct there, but that was merely a side hustle for the snake. <laughs> <laughs> so you are correct, but the uh, its its heart really laid in accounting. It had such a passion for numbers, and losing that, as well as losing the secondary source of income, had just really gotten it down in the dumps. So I turned to the snake and I said, I'm here for you, friend. I... I know that pain. We're all in this together. No one can control when light's going to throw you an up, throw you a down. The key thing you can do is realize what you want to do and take the steps to get there. And then Which I is a cruel throw. thing to say to a snake, surely. <laughs> no, but then Telling you... it to take steps? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very reasonable point, but it didn't matter for long because I slit its bloody throat. Oh, good idea. Yes, well, you see, you got to get in close. This is the key to being mysterious. You th they think you're one thing, and then, bam, you're another. And that's how you get them. And then I walked away with all the treasure. And now, uh, how do you account for the uh, the mummy portion of, of the story? I, I, I understood from, from uh, what, what Baron Bobble said, that the snake was also a mummy. But uh, perhaps too I right, was Countess. mistaken. Uh, how do you account for this? Too right, Countess, too right. I'll tell you this. I felt I felt quite awful for having uh, emotionally manipulated the snake to the extent that I did, you know? I really got in its head, so I thought the very least I could do is give it a traditional Spanish mummification. <laughs> Before I left. Why, I've heard of the magnificence of such a practice. Oh yes, it's 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 a it's a really beautiful Kindly, thing. will you describe all four steps of this process to oh, us? Of course. So first of all, you gotta start with the flowers. So you bring uh, one a, a flower petal for each day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a flower petal for each day that it's lived. And this is an old, a very old snake. So it took me a while to collect all the flower petals together. And then once How you- How many flower petals did you need? Ah, uh, 783,696. Oh dear. A remarkable sum. 
Oh, yes. No, how could I don't know why I'm British now. How serious. That's step one. Sorry, so you were saying. How could you tell how precisely old the snake was? Oh, well, you see, after I, I cut its head from its body, oh. I merely counted the rings on oh. the inside. Of course, of course. And this comes to the second step where you must compress them all and extract the oils from the petals. And that's what you use to soak the bandages in that you wrap uh, the, the corpse in, as it were. And so having done this, that's step two. Uh, I wrapped up the snake pyramid. That's step three. But how could you find such a prodigious amount of bandages? Well, that's a very interesting story. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, with the treasure that I had uh, acquired by murdering the snake, I went back to Cairo and I paid uh, a local merchant. In fact, every local merchant in the whole city of Cairo. I said, just give me the whole lot, all the bandages you have. But then, being the world's most mysterious man, I absconded without paying. <laughs> and so, they all chased me down to where the snake was. But I'd left it propped up on a stick, and it being an enormous pyramid-sized snake, when they all came, I merely knocked it out, knocked out the stick, crushing all of the, the cloth merchant from Cairo, then lifted the snake back up and took their clothes, and then I had even more material to make the bandages. And that explains why I've heard there's such economic deprivation amongst the mercantile yes, class of Cairo yes. lately. I'm a real menace to the nation of Egypt. <laughs> I am not welcome back there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but and then the final step, of course, of traditional Spanish mummification <laughs> is is uh, is to bury it in in a tomb of some kind. But luckily, it already was a pyramid, so that was already taken oh. care of for me. Convenient. Truly, truly, I've heard that once you introduce Spanish mummification to the Egyptians, they restarted, you know, mummification. That was su it was such a glorious story, you were a dear Grand Duke. Oh, once the cloth economy had recovered, of course. Of course, of course. Of course. Of course. But yes, they uh, they were very much saying, it's like, our mummification's far better than yours. It's really a jealousy thing, I think. But it really kick-started the whole movement there, you know? It's... Uh, very art artisanal mummification is very big in those parts mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. You know what they say, uh, copying is, is the highest form of praise or something rather. Very true. But I go on about me and I try to remain mysterious, so perhaps we'll stop it there. But I must say, my good friend Percy. Uh, Sir Percy, thank you. Sir Percy, my great, my great apologies, my friend. I heard a terrific story about you. Down oh, the great vine. Terrific stories about me. Which one, pray tell? Oh, the one. You're too influential, my friend. You always get me talking in a British accent every time. Every time. But Why is part of my charm, did you know? <laughs> and you're a very charming man, Sir Percy. Oh, I thank you. You're but not so bad yourself. Perhaps the story of your charm is one that we shouldn't record for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it is a story that is uh, yet to be told. Ah, very true. Let's see where the night goes. <laughs> Indeed, but at any rate, the, sto the story I was referring to is when you escaped from, uh, from Blackwater Prison using only a feather pillow and a one-legged canary. <laughs> Why, that story is quite true, in fact, and I'd be pleased to tell you the account of it. Oh, yes, sir, Why? Percy. As it happened... My balloon went down once in the high seas of the Caribbean. Oh. 
where I was forced to turn it impromptu into a raft to bear myself to land. And for days I floated until I came across a flight of tropical parrots, which I then tethered to my raft and used to take me into land. However, the locals, when I arrived there, were so mystified by my appearance that they thought that this was some manner of piratical ploy. The nerve of them, I say. But such was the nature of their misapprehension. And so they seized me and clapped me in irons. Now, now, Sir Percy, I, I, I'm afraid I did hear through the grapevine that you, in fact, stole a loaf of bread from a local, and that is why you were imprisoned. Ah, well, that's the nature of the loaves of bread in this place. You see, I arrived at land, and I was so famished that the odour of the freshly breaking bread. And they use special ingredients in those parts in order to make their bread. And so this was imbued with the tears of a mermaid, <laughs> which gave it the most magnificent odor that you have ever smelt. And I simply could not help myself. And so that, I'm afraid, is how this misunderstanding arose. I which, see. as a gentleman, I was loath to bring up until this time. Of course. Loath to bring up. <laughs> 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 but do do uh, recount to us the taste of these this mermaid tears bread. It tasted like the ocean, like the waves breaking upon the shore, like the tides under the moon. Oh, delicious! But could could you go into a bit more detail on what the tides taste like, specifically <laughs> under the moon? <laughs> Well, I like mermaid tears. <laughs> Fair cop. In any case, I was then taken to the Blackwater Prison, which, as you may know, is the most high-security prison in the entirety of the Caribbean or any of the provinces. And of course, your escape must have been even more difficult as the warden there was the son who you abandoned. <laughs> oh. Whoa. I did not recognise him at the time, of course, because I have so many children. <laughs> it, it is, uh, a well-known consequence of being an explorer or of some repute and some uh, personal charm, if I do say so myself, that I have many bastard children scattered across the entirety of the globe. And so when the warden saw me, he cast me into a cell where my only company was a canary that sang to me every morning outside the bars of my cell. And the only comforts given to me were a feather pillow to use as a chamber pot. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Quite unusual. A most insalubrious state of affairs. One use only, I would say. <laughs> ah. Well, you could get a not few. if you're a veteran explorer. There's always just uh -huh, a uh -huh, uh -huh. This concerns me. <laughs> but with ladies present, I will not go into the details. <laughs> Out of concern for the fairer sex. Well, as it occurred... I had in my possession my tooth. One of my teeth has always been loose ever since it was knocked out by a rampaging Tyrannosaurus in Borneo. <laughs> and so I was able to use this tooth to dig a tunnel through the walls and thus escape. Imagine my surprise when I found that I was on the edge of a cliff overlooking the ocean. There was but a single tree in which the canary had its nest. And so there was but I, the tree, the canary, and my pillow. Well, I descended the walls and used the ocean to wash out my feather pillow, and then climbed back up. Clearly, I could see I was going to have to use the canary to help assist me in my escape. 
Well, <laughs> I called the canary over, and then I... And how did you do that? Well, I had pitted to it. And it responded in kind. Ah, yes, and they had made, they made sure that it was 230 characters or less, I imagine. Just so. And then what I did was I set the canary flying, and then I quickly cast the pillow around the canary, so that in this way I fashioned myself a hot air balloon using the canary as a form of propeller. A hot canary balloon, if you will. However, my es- my escape from the Blackwater prison was seen by some of the guards who opened fire upon me and in this manner shot off the leg of my canary friend. Oh, However, it even so afflicted, it was able to bear me to land before it expired. Oh, what a Where I canary. buried it like a good Christian soul. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the story of how I escaped the prison. Goodness. Goodness Truly gracious. Truly a magnificent story. Quite the feat, well, my friend. Quite the feat. I think it is one of the lesser of my exploits. But if this is the one you wish to hear today, then so be it. But enough of me. Dame Dench, I have heard that your flexible toes have such suppleness that when the great earthquake ripped asunder the continent of the Americas... You were able to piece the two parts back together. Pray tell me how this was so. You were quite knowledgeable indeed, Sir Percy. It was a stormy, stormy afternoon. And actually, at the time, this was, say, uh, uh, three centuries ago. And uh, it was in my youth. I was in my prime. My toes had never quite been as supple ever since. I could press say 2,000 push-ups per day with these toes. And at the time, I could also use those toes to form a complete circle with my feet. It's quite impressive, quite impressive. Why, perhaps you'll show me later. If you're lucky, perhaps, perhaps. Countess Georgina's the only one to see my toes these (laughs) days. Due to all the warts that have formed of my many years of toe athletics. And how lucky I am. How, <laughs> How lucky I am, Georgina. Judy. Oh, it's been a precious time. So, in these days, I was actually working uh, for the Asian intelligence, uh, known simply as Asian intelligence. <laughs> I, I see they needed the services of our good friend Baron Baron Baronet Bobble. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that course. was your first your first ever job, wasn't it? That was where we met. Yes. You were just a baby back then. Truly, some say it was the first battalion I named as well, before the first battalion. Wait, battalion number one. Back in the day, we were in the third battalion. Yes, back in those days. <laughs> back in those days. Um, I believe those were some of your first words ever. Yes, yes. I believe my first word was battalion. Oh, battalion. It all makes sense. Truly. And the second was bumhole, wasn't it? Album, but close enough, yes. Very, very, very close. In my time at the Asian Intelligence, I was required for many things, such as uh, skydiving, uh, diving, uh, swimming, uh, <laughs> and and flapping uh, atrociously at things. With your toes, of With course. my toes, of course, of, of course. course. My fingers were less used. They were pampered and soft. In this time, uh, there was... There was talk of a great quake to come. The, the scientists of the age uh, 
Lambden, the the luxurious, and uh, Pahutakawa, the the poor. They they spoke of this great quake that would come to shake and bake, and shake us all into hell. Thankfully, someone called me. I won't say who it was. Another mysterious, mysterious individual. Oh, you. <laughs> and so I, I lifted off the ground with my toes and with, with which I could fly with at the time. Um, they had a slight webbing, which I had developed in my 20s. So I flew over to the Americas from, from uh, Malaysia, where I was. Did that exist at the time? Yes, let's say it did. <laughs> I flew over and I arrived just upon the first shaking. It was very much just a rumble. And we knew that the reshaking would last for seven days and, and uh, 42 nights. Uh, and so I waited for the sixth day, the 37th night, because I knew that this was the moment where the earth would crack and break apart. And that was the moment where, like, a, like peeling off a sticker, the earth's first layer would just come apart very gently, leaving just a thin enough layer for my toes to grip a hold of and pull back down to the earth. And I did this very simply. I started with my large toe, my second toe, my toe the third, (laughs) (laughs) toe four, and finally concluding with the pinky. And at the time, because I was so strong and so practiced in my toe athletics, otherwise known as toeletics, I needed simply one foot, five toes, to press gracefully down on the lip of one of these cracked off earth flaps. And I pushed down gently with the aid of uh, 42 pigeons that I had called over earlier. That's another story for another time. The 42 pigeons assisted me in weighting me down and pushing the earth back to the ground. The shaking continued for just a singular day and what was it, something like five nights. So I lay there, quite enjoying it. It was like a massage, really. (laughs) I talked to my pigeons. We chatted, we had a cup of tea. And now, now, Judy, speaking of this, pleasurable shaking mm. uh, wasn't it true that that your cries could be heard for for miles around uh, now what, what was that all about uh, lady shouldn't speak of such things but... <laughs> <laughs> it is known across the world that whenever dame judy dench doth shake her vocal cords doth quake oh, yes. <laughs> and therefore my nickname came about of of Dame, the lame shame, no brains, screaming mane. That's how you got that. That's why. That's why it wasn't just a random. You, I've heard of that. Yes, yes. So it was this time when I brought the Americas back together, but it was also that time uh, with Scott. Oh. That night, yes. But now Dame Judy. Scott is lovely, isn't it? I do so wonder, and do correct me if I'm wrong, but I had heard tell that the reason that the... America's were splitting apart was a conspiracy by the Conchita Banana Company. And what did you do when their armada showed up to try and get your toes off of the two continents holding them together? Ah, yes, the the Conchita Banana Company. 
Yes, I didn't quite understand who they were or what they did. I just knew that they had bananas on their clothing. And I thought, okay, uh, some sort of tropical tourist society. So not much has changed in the last three centuries then? Not very much has changed, not at all. Uh, I thought they had come just to have a party because obviously I was shaking, I was letting out a howl. You were having a good time. Yeah, it it sounded like a great time. And I believed that they were coming to join the party and just have a little dance. So when they came along, uh, it wasn't really much of a bother. All I did was I lifted my left foot, my slightly webbed, flexible toes, uh, and I picked up a bit of plasma because my toes are also uh, were so strong at the time that they could withstand lava. <sighs> yes, I could walk on the sun if I really wanted to. And in fact, I think I heard that you have upon occasion. Percy, you are well informed. I am absolutely astounded. Why, I am a follower of your exploits, in fact. Oh. Rather remarkable stories. Inspired me to do my ballooning, don't you know? Oh. My goodness, the respect goes both ways. Both ways. Well, I, I know it was an incredible feat, Judy, but, but if only you hadn't, you might have had a few more good years with your toes. Live fast, die young. Ah, oh, yes. Leave a good-looking set of toes. Bad girls do it right. Yeah, Judy, if, I, if I'm mistaken, you're older than three centuries, I believe. I am indeed. Of course. Still very young. Of course. I've got another one, one and a half centuries in me. At the least, I would say, dear Judy Dench Dame. Dame <laughs> Judy Dench. Shame Booty Bench. Shame Booty Bench. <laughs> yes, so I've I've lost track of what happened with the banana people. But uh you, see, you pulled up plasma. I pulled up plasma and then I just sprinkled it over them, thinking, oh, this will be a lovely time. They'll get a little splash of hotness on their face. Uh, but they unfortunately uh, melted away into the ground. Oh dear. And I have not heard from anyone of the Banana Clan since that day forth. Probably for the best. They're a real bunch of... Uh... Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of bananas. Par- pardon my questioning, Dame, but... It is pardoned. Thank you very much. That is the first time I have been pardoned. (laughs) I'm a dame, I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that, in fact, right after this clash of bananas, you disappeared for over 20 nights and 30 days. (laughs) Indeed. I I am uh, quite into the days and nights not matching with these stories. Uh, (laughs) Indeed, I did. I did. Uh, disappear for 20 nights and 30 days. Uh, It was just because I had done so much shaking. I shook for, what did I say, four days and And some nights. 19, 20-something nights, yeah. Yes, I shook for some time. and a half nights. I shook for a lot of time. Yes. Many a time. Much time. Uh, (laughs) Long time, strong time. Not a wrong time. Uh, So, I was simply tired. It's not a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired, so I, I hibernated beneath the earth uh, back in Malaysia for those days and those nights. I see. But when I was reborn, uh, I, I bursted out of the ground in a burst of plasma and flame. And that is where, I don't know if you've heard this, Percy, I think you might have, but... Uh, Why, this is sounding rather familiar. <laughs> very, very much. So this is where the legend of uh, the white-haired phoenix came about. Oh, yes. Uh, that was actually just me waking up from a very good long nap. Wow. So what caused your, your white hair at the time? 
My white hair has been with me since I was uh, about six years old. It happened because, uh, as you know, my toes are very, very strong and they can go into lava. They can also go into deep white snow and ice. When I was six and a quarter year old, I went ice skating with, uh, with my sister, uh, Lilith Magnolia at the time. Lilith and I, oh, we had such good times. But Lilith, she was jealous of my flexible toes because her toes were simply normal. They allowed her to balance and walk and run. That was not enough for Lilith. There was a thin patch of ice. We skated over it. I told her to be careful. We skated around. On the way back, my sister. Lilith, she pushed me into that small patch of ice. No. My toes went first. They were fine, of course, but the rest of me was so cold. I shook that day. I shook for hours and hours and hours, and I didn't enjoy it. Not one bit. And from that day forth, the fatigue and the, the, the cold was so, so overwhelming that my hair, originally a dark, thick, black, black-like oil, turned white like a shimmering sheet of glass. Yes, so better. And, and what happened to your sister, Magnolia? The following year, there was an unfortunate accident. Lilith somehow became airborne for about four days and uh, was then dropped... <laughs> The thing the thing here is she was airborne and travelling at such a velocity around the earth that she never managed to leave the sun's presence. Of course. Therefore, four days travelling around the earth before she was finally dropped into an active volcano off the shore of Hawaii. I wonder what could have propelled her with with such force. Perhaps some sort of elongated toe-like device. Oh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It will never be known. My dearest dame, I have heard, in fact, from my porter, Porter McPortface, that, in fact, you had something to do with your sister's sudden flight. No, how could you accuse me of that? Bubble. Well, I shall have you know that the day that your sister... Um, sister's sudden flight. I had a very close friend. A very, very close and mysterious friend, some would say. A very, very close, mysterious and, well, occasionally Spanish, mostly Spanish, individual. Hold on there. <laughs> Consistently Spanish. I don't know why you would question that I'm Spanish. Well, I just wanted what to keep it mysterious. What evidence would you have against that? Uh, no, no, no. Consistently just, just... mysterious, yes. Fair enough. Consistently Spanish. Uh, old friend of mine who was, in fact, there for a completely different reason and saw you enter a hut from whence your sister erupted from. Of course, the hut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 see, I am in my old age. Uh, Some things do slip my mind, but yes, the hut. Oh, what a lovely time. We went originally for uh, a bit of uh, uh, the ye old version of Netflix and chill. Uh, <laughs> what your sister? Yes, bird, bird, bird watching, <laughs> bird watching and chill. We went for 
And uh, we had a lovely night of bonding and telling stories and eat, drinking hot cocoa. Uh, that was when I met my good friend, the mother of Countess Georgina Pompilius. Yes. Uh, that was Countess Borina uh, Laryngitis. That's right. <laughs> That's your mother, yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and her maiden name. <laughs> her maiden, yeah, yes. Uh, she came along and we ended up in a game of, of uh, what's the one? Ring Around the rosy. The one you hold hands. And then you all fall down. Oh, yes. That one. We did that game. And it was such a good time. We were frolicking about. Then suddenly, your mother yes. let go of both of us at the same time. What? As we fell backwards, I was still holding Lilith's hand. Suddenly, we fell backwards into the wall. At the time, I was doing weights, so my body was so heavy that we fell through the wall and I pulled her along with me. I didn't want to let go just in case she accidentally fell and smashed her head or something. Without realizing it, I was in such a panic that my toes of their own volition started flapping wildly. And they flew us into the roof and out and up into the sky. And that is how we flew while I was having a panic attack for four continuous days around the world before she let go. She let go. My hands were so slippery. I'd held on for so long. Judy. Truly a tragic story. I, I didn't know. It was not for you to know was a long time ago and I think I may have blocked it out for a couple of centuries yes of course however yes that does make me think of your mother oh and may she rest in peace yes may she rest in peace she was always such a dear friend to me and that's why that's why Georgina you are the only person in this world that I will allow to see and touch my toes oh, oh. because you are a remnant of my dear friend, the Countess Laryngitis. Yes. Oh, thank you, Judy. Please tell us. I need to reminisce. Oh yes. Please tell us of the time that you and your mother uh, took a took a, a pigeon flight to Portugal. Oh yes. And you drank on the ethers of aloe vera, which had not been discovered at the time in Portugal. Ah oh, yes. And then. You somehow ended up dancing naked together? Yes, yes. By that lake over there. Oh, that one right over there. We <laughs> <Yes. laughs> somehow made it all the way back from Portugal yes. to outside this tavern. Yes. <laughs> dancing naked under the moonlight. <laughs> yes, ah, yes. And one of my favourite memories mm. of my mother, yes. It was not long after she murdered my father. <laughs> and, um, yes... Terrible man. Yes, he was. Deserved yes. it. Mm. Mm. Yes, he was very annoying. <laughs> what uh, What did he do to deserve uh, such such treatment? Well, he talked constantly. Mm. Oh my gosh. That, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 she should have killed him yes. sooner. Wasn't he always trying to stab her with a fork? Oh, that too. Mm. Yes, yes. I, I believe it was, was mostly in jest. Uh, he did like to use a, a large array of, of forks. Uh, to to try to stab her, yes, some uh, different occasions, yes. weren't they? Different dinner, forks dinner forks for different occasions. And, yes, lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was under the impression that that was their form of foreplay or fork play. <laughs> <laughs> I was under the impression that you enabled your father, dearest, oh. Day oh. Countess Bubble. 
Forgive my accusation. Well, Baron Bobble, I, um, I suppose you could say that I enabled my father from <gasps> but a young child, and I, I grew up witnessing my, my father's fork play, as, as you say. And um, not understanding it myself, I, I assumed it was some kind of strange romantic ritual, a, a kind of uh, just ordinary part of married life that, that one would, would carry out. And it was only as I, as I grew and began to understand the ways of the world that I understood that trying to stab someone with a fork is not, in fact, an ordinary part of married life. And it was as particular just to my parents. So, so when I was young, I, I would find all sorts of forks that my father could, could use. I even fashioned some myself out of twigs. Oh, my goodness, what a crafty child. Thank you. Although that does raise one very important question. Yes. How did your father hold the fork when he was a rhinoceros? <laughs> it you looks can, like we're slipping into can, Greek mythology here. You can, you can reject something if you want. Like, um, it sounds like the question broke you. <laughs> I believe we just broke the universe. <laughs> or you can ac- accuse him as well. I, I don't know if this will be counted rejection or not. Um, I, I see how you've become confused, but my father was rhinoceros in, in name only. Yes. <laughs> he, he was yeah, a, he was that's a, a refusal. Yeah. That's a refusal? I think, yeah. I yeah. heard he was a literal rhinoceros. Oh, Let's I, be very clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, see, I see. No, no, you are quite mistaken. He was, he was simply a rather large and rotund man. And, uh, well, since he was always carrying forks, he also liked to sharpen his teeth with them. So he, he had some rather sharp teeth, which is, which is, I believe, how he became to be known as the rhinoceros. You know, I would have pushed back, but that was a very good explanation. I'll take you at your word on that one, Countess. <laughs> yes, so, uh, yes. Now, now, now once, uh, once he was out of the way... Um, Yes, uh, once I once I had understood that um, that he was in fact trying to kill my mother, and um, and we plotted against him. Once he was out of the way, uh, we, we took a lovely trip to Portugal on a pigeon. Mm. Yes, a celebration of sorts. It was indeed a what celebration. A yes, well yes, done. a sort of girls getting away trip. Mm. Yes. No, I heard that this wasn't an extremely large pigeon, but in fact the two of you managed to fit on a single regular-sized grey pigeon. How did you manage such a feat? Yes, that is correct. Um, yes. Uh, well, uh, members of my family are very petite, you see, except for my father, of course, but I inherited my mother's genes, fortunately. <laughs> So, so we are we are very small, and um, if if we curl ourselves into a ball, we're actually no bigger than a thimble. <laughs> I'm also astounded by your knowledge of genetic theory. Time, yes. thimbleina. Like, yeah. Oh, she's yes. done some groundbreaking work in the science. Ah, uh, just so. In fact, could you tell? Could you tell us some more about your groundbreaking work in genetics? This is me- this is perhaps why I was so confused with you thinking your father was a rhinoceros. Of course, yes, it's a common misconception. Uh, Yes. Well, well, in fact, when I was in Portugal, 
we uh, we went on a sort of natural expedition uh, through the uh, through the jungles, uh, through the Portuguese jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no better. <laughs> yes. Uh, we managed to convince uh, a native who could speak pigeon uh, to <laughs> to uh, to guide us through the Portuguese jungle. Now, uh, I've heard these Portuguese jungles are burnt down entirely by this time and can no longer be seen by anyone. And isn't it true that you were in some way responsible for this? <laughs> it is true. And now let me let me get to that part of the story. So, so we were trekking through the Portuguese jungle with this lovely native fellow, uh, searching for a rare plant that we had heard whisper of amongst the Portuguese people, the aloe vera. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, it, it was told to, to have uh, supernatural medicinal properties. And, uh, well, my, my mother and I, being interested in, in the natural world and particularly uh, the beauty of nature, uh, wanted to find it and, and acquire it for ourselves. So we, we trekked for, for many days and a few nights. <laughs> How many precisely? <laughs> I think it was about 10 days and two nights. <laughs> I I do not understand how such a thing could ever happen. Oh uh, well, um, oh well, it, it's all the, the trick of the jungle, you see, mm, the, the play mm. of the light in the forest. It, it renders uh, daytime much longer. Of course, yes. <laughs> it's hot in Portugal. Yes, yes, that too. Yes, so so finally, we we reached a. Um, a grove surrounded by pigeons, because of course pigeons are known to be attracted to the aloe vera, uh, which was why we rode to Portugal on a pigeon. I see, that makes perfect sense. Isn't it true that after meeting these pigeons, you were the direct cause that led up to the great Portuguese pigeon perfuffle of 1770 pigeon? Yes, so uh, I'm afraid that is quite intertwined with the story of the great Portuguese forest fire. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes, so um, we, we, we peeled back the layers of pigeon to reveal the, <laughs> to reveal the aloe vera plant in all its magnificence. Yes, it was, it was oozing its sap. It was, it was very beautiful. And, and we, began, we began collecting it. And as we began collecting it, we, we decided to, to eat a bit and to just see what would happen. And unfortunately, we became quite frenzied with, with excitement and, and sort of a natural energetic fervor that we ripped off all our clothes and started a great bonfire to, to bless the, the gods of the aloe vera and the pigeons. And unfortunately, the whole forest caught on fire and many of the pigeons um, well, the, the pigeons didn't, couldn't get away because they were so enticed by the aloe vera uh, that, that they wanted to stay, and so they all burnt to a crisp. Uh, it's quite sad. And <laughs> because you you essentially killed your own ride home. Yes. Please do tell of how you managed to land on the same day at this 
pool outside the tavern. This very lake. This very lake. (laughs) This very body of water dancing under the moonlight. That's right, yes. Well, as we had ripped off all our clothes, we were completely naked. And um, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you are, death did not occur to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> one has to clarify these things. Of course, of course, us nobility, we, we, yes, of course. Yes, it, it's unimaginable to some. Well, I know. Whenever I take off my clothes, I have at least three more layers underneath. You took the words right out of my mouth, truly. When I am completely nude, I, I can't really tell you how many clothes I am or am not wearing. Mm. Of course. Mm. Yes. Very hush hush. Yes. So we, we were <laughs> so we were completely naked, and um, well, of course, our, our pigeon and our uh, guide had perished in, in the great fire, and and uh, many of the local people too, unfortunately. So uh, yes. Um, so, ah, yes, right on the border. That's how I lost many members of my family in that fire. Oh dear. Oh, I or did I? <laughs> Was this the cause of the great war as well? Well, I, I could not say. I'm, I'm sure there were many factors leading up to the Great War, but uh, perhaps the, the fire was one of them. I, I'm sure it did cause some, some poverty and destruction in the lands. Who hasn't done a, caused a little bit of accidental genocide in their <laughs> oh, day? Really? really? Yes. really? Yeah. We're all affluent nobility here. Our main purpose in life is to cause suffering to poor people. Of course, I mean, I was born. I'm glad we agree. An ethnic minority is. Especially the French. And of course, we can't forget, we can't forget the, we- the women and gays. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's fine. Oh, dear. Um, so the pigeon war. Yes, so the pigeon. pigeon, pigeon. So the pigeon. So, we so, forget. Yes, yes. <laughs> the so we were naked, and uh, well, what, what happened was uh, because of the great fire. Uh, well, we managed to blow with our with our hands all the smoke into one place to create a a, a great smoke signal. Um, which which signaled to our dove friends that we were in in dire straits, and so a whole flock of doves came, and and we curled up small, and doves fly at, at um, excellent speed. I'll I'll have you know. So um, once we were on the doves, we just rocketed right across the globe and landed outside the tavern here, and had a nice little bath in the lake outside to refresh ourselves. <laughs> Jolly good. Huh? Of course, of course. Yes, and, and we did manage to bring back some of the aloe vera as well mm. and um, have quite a profitable business uh, selling it for its medicinal properties if you would like to purchase any. I must say, that's one of the most delightful stories of patricide I've ever heard. Patricide? Patricide is correct. Yes. Uh, for the murdering of a father, it is patricide. For the murder of a mother, it is matricide, and so on and so forth. But what it is? what is it when you murder a rhinoceros who happens to be, well, a person who happens to be a your father, but also... Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. We thought that maybe he was not literally a rhinoceros. Right, of course, of course. Of course. That would be ridiculous. Ridiculous. Not like flying with your toes, of course not. <laughs> well, oh, my friends, a great many wonderful stories told here today. It is, it is so hard to choose um, the best one, but I, I suppose, I suppose there... There can only be one. Oh, oh, totally not a callback to one of our previous uh, discussions. Definitely. 
Darn. It definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> totally fine. I assure you it was not. <laughs> You're correct. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that time we discussed the Highlander franchise. Oh, yes, of course. Why, is it not true that you are, in fact, an inspiration for it? Ah, of course. No, that's the story for another day, That movie set in Scotland. Never been to the place. Yes, he is in, in, indeed, in, in fact, a inspiration for the Spainlanders. Completely different series. Completely different franchise. <laughs> Better graphics. Well, I actually inspired the, the great playwright oh, Guillermo it's del Toro's famous play Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, oh of course. Oh, Labyrinth of Pans. The Labyrinth of Pans, yes. Oh. I was the fascist. <laughs> you bear a striking yes, resemblance to him. It's very true. Yes. Well, indeed. I played him in the original cast, but I was fired for uh, for being drunk on stage. Or was I? Or were you? No one will ever know. No one will ever know. Anyway, I, I think, I I feel that um, the Grand Duke, uh, no, not the Grand Duke, I'm sorry, uh, that, Sir, that Sir Percy Fipsworth, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Percy Fipsworth is deserving of my oh. purse for a wonderful story of a, a very exciting prison break. Oh, I thank you. Thank you very much. Much obliged. Au contraire, as the Frenchies say. <laughs> as- <laughs> He's at it again. It's costing the French. <laughs> too much, too much. Au contraire, as the French say. I don't know why I'm taking on the words of my arch nemesis, but I believe that my dearest friend, the Grand Duke Federico Velasco, deserves my money for his brilliant tale of joy, woe, and adventure. Oh, why well, thanking you kindly, my friend. But I, unfortunately... Can't agree with you there, for I I must agree with Georgina that the the story of Sir Percy Fitzroy was absolutely astounding. How he managed such an escape with a feather chamber pot and a one-legged canary <laughs> boggles my mind. I oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I'm much touched by this show of affection from you all. But for myself, I feel that the outstanding story was that of the Countess and. Georgiana from Phileas the Second. Yeah. Truly an outstanding oh, narrative. Oh, thank you. I have often wondered what happened to those rainforests, and now I know. <laughs> indeed, indeed, Percy, and I must agree with you there. Perhaps it's my bias towards knowing this wonderful family, but I, I was taken on a wild journey, and I also believe, uh, despite the wild twists and turns, that you told a magnificent and concise story, which made sense. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. So how many do you do you three? I mean, I, I'm guessing you didn't win. No, I got five. Yes. Um, quite a few. Yeah, you have <laughs> quite a few. Fourteen, I have. Uh, I have more than fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, twenty-one. Graciously, Sir Percy, would you care to give us some parting words then? Well, my parting words are these thoughts. Clearly, are we not either the greatest group of heroes, raconteurs, and adventurers that has ever been gathered in one spot, or the most vile band of brigands in the world? What terrors have we not wrought upon (laughs) this (laughs) world? And in fact, 
Next time, perhaps we will tell the story of how we, by our combined deeds, managed to make it so that day and night no longer match up <laughs> sequentially. <laughs> but that will be tomorrow's story, oh, I think. Yes. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good, Good evening. Brilliant! How? Yeah, applause, applause, all around. Oh my god, that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that was really fantastic. As I remember, (laughs) love it. Yeah, no, it was way longer than twenty minutes. (laughs) We were like, oh, we just raced through. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think we we. I I, I loved it. I loved it. I gave up counting time like the moment like like, (laughs) your story. Like this is like God. Yeah, Yeah. did not work out. We're done, we're done. We just yeah, gradually exactly. became longer and longer. Like, yeah, short of exactly. longer. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, keep going. Yeah. No, that was, that was really, really good. I, yeah. I really enjoyed your stories, guys. Hey, listeners. I hope you had fun listening to our absurd, noble improv. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast. On Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have some free time, drop us a rating and review on iTunes. It means so much to us and every rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Next week, we've got something special for you yet again. If you like pulp horror and DFYT's signature comedy, next week's episode is a must. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready. 